Casey Kasem here. I just started a fantasy football-inspired clothing shop called Sunday Dreamers Club. Check out sundaydreamersclub.com to find shirts that show your love for the great game of fantasy football. Listeners of the show are in luck. If you go to sundaydreamersclub.com and use the code GETREAL, you'll score 15% off your order. Please check it out because this is another way you can help out the show and me. As you know, I'm now trying to do this content creation thing full-time, so you checking this out really helps me out. Thanks, y'all. Hey, y'all. Welcome to a new episode of Get Real with Casey Kasem. It's the podcast that goes behind the scenes of the fantasy football industry through interviews with some of your favorites in the business. On this week's episode, I chatted with JJ Winner of IDP Plus and the Rider Dynasty podcast. JJ discussed being a teacher and starting a fantasy football club, the easiest way to get an advantage in your league, serving in local government, his fantasy football expo experiences, his love for writing, and a ton more. Follow JJ on Twitter at JJWinner. You can follow me on Twitter at TheCaseyCasem and the podcast at GetReal underscore pod. This podcast is a proud member of the DAP Network. Please check out SundayDreamersClub.com to help support this podcast and me by purchasing some rad fantasy football inspired t-shirts. Check out my content over with South Harmon FF and Roto Baller. And now, here's my conversation with JJ Winner on Get Real with Casey Kasem. JJ, hi. Thanks for joining me. It's Tuesday. It's hard for me to keep track of what day it is, but yes, it's Tuesday. And uh, very excited to get to sit and talk with you. For people that are just joining us right now that either don't know a lot about you or don't know anything about you, can you just kind of give them a little background as to what you do in the fantasy space? And just we'll get into how you got started, but you can just kind of plug all your stuff and do all that. Sure. Sure. Uh, well, first of all, Casey, thank you so much for having me on. Um, yeah, for sure. Incredibly honored to be asked to do this pod. Uh, currently, I am working with um, IDP guys, uh, soon to be IDP Plus. Uh, I've been doing a few mock draft Mondays with them. And I'm going to be la- relaunching uh, the Rider Dynasty podcast over on their network uh, starting next week uh, with Joseph Harlow. Uh, we're going to be tackling some rookie conversations and then hopefully transitioning into just straight dynasty talk. That's awesome. Yeah. So we'll get into all of that, but let's start at the beginning because I like to ask people kind of their background on sports growing up. Did you watch sports? Did you have a relationship with sports as you were growing up? You know, my my mom kind of um, was a controlling woman, uh, so my, we weren't really allowed to like sit and watch TV for long stretches. Uh, I can remember watching the Super Bowls with my dad. Uh, he was an Eagles fan. Um, but yeah, I can remember watching Super Bowls, but I didn't really get into football uh, mostly until college is when I fell in love with, unfortunately, the Jets. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it happens, you know, it happens. And it does. It does. So how did you managed to become a fantasy football player because, you know, not getting that opportunity to watch as much as you probably (laughs) would. How do you fall into fantasy football? Sure. I am. Well, once I started watching uh, football, um, I was in wholeheartedly. I I loved every bit of it. Uh, Did some gambling back in the day and I don't know, just really loved it. And 
it was a long time ago, almost 20 years ago, a buddy was like, hey, we're doing this thing called fantasy football. Would you like to try it? I was like, sure. And that was it. Uh, started just doing that league. Could never win it. Always came in second place. But it sparked that interest. And as soon as I discovered dynasty football, I fell in love. Yeah, that seems to be a thing. You know, you find that dynasty and then you're like, oh, yeah, this is nice. This is nice. <laughs> so going into playing fantasy football for your very first time, was there something that maybe you were a little concerned about or something that you wish you would have known before you went into it? Or was there anything that you can think of? Well, I wish the internet was bigger back then. <laughs> uh, I was mostly picking up a magazine on the way to my drafts, um, or at least my first one. After that, I tried to, I love listening to like real football talk, not necessarily fantasy talk. Most of the pods I listen to uh, center around just regular football. Um, it doesn't talk about the fantasy aspects. So I used to read a lot of like um, Dr. Z in Sports Illustrated. Um, I used to read Peter King. And just when he would start talking about like his little training camp tidbits, when he would do his tour, I would always like make notes about who he thought was like showing up in camp, like the, the sleepers as we call them now. But, you know, and it was, it was great because I was able to get guys who, you know, most of my teammates couldn't find in the magazine. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, dynasty is a complete beast when it comes to like being different than what redraft is all about. When you found dynasty, how did you get involved in that? And what was the whole process for you going into Dynasty? Sure. Um, I was in a league with a friend um, and he had this other league going on that he kept telling me about. Uh, all the leagues I were in were pretty low stakes. I mean, back then it was like 20 bucks, but that was the most I would spend. And his league was like $100 a year. And I was like, there isn't any way I'm spending that much money. Um, but then I did. And I discovered that I have separation anxiety. So every year when I would get rid of my redraft team, I'd miss all of them. <laughs> and in Dynasty, you can keep people forever. You shouldn't, but you can. And that sort of uh, just sort of filled like a, that little hole in my heart that I had like every off season. So yeah, I, I loved it from that point on. It is perfect to have fantasy football all the time, all the time. It's great. It's great. So for somebody who is in redraft right now, and then they decided that they want to go ahead and join a dynasty league, what kind of advice do you have for people that are first starting out in dynasty? Well, first of all, you got to join a dynasty league. Uh, there's nothing worse than making like brilliant picks in a redraft league and then having to give them up. You know, when you find somebody late in your draft and, you know, the next year they're a first round pick, it, you know, it kind of hurts your feelings. But if you're making that jump, you know, don't get rid of your redraft mindset. I think there's a whole segment of the dynasty population who's always rebuilding. Like there, I, I forget, I think Marcus Grant said it last year. There's a, there's a bunch of dynasty managers who are always preparing for a season that will never come. 
they're always picking the young guys and saying, in three years, this team is going to rock. Uh, you know what's good year to rock this year? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, the, you still win money this year if you win the league. So don't throw everything out that you know. You know, keep some mm -hmm. of that same redraft mentality going in. And, you know, have fun. Pick That's players that you love. There you go. There you go. See, I'm one of those people that is always rebuilding. I don't know what I'm doing wrong, except for I do. You just pointed out a bunch of stuff. <laughs> well, listen, um, I, I'm in a lot of rebuilds myself. I wouldn't yeah. give that advice to yeah. other people. Though. I mean, yeah, it is It is kind of frustrating when you're rebuilding. At the same time, I, I like it. I just wish it was going somewhere, you know. So, But, you know, that's why you're in multiple leagues. That's why you're in many leagues so that, you know, Absolutely. you can say you won one of your – 47,000 leagues. So My dad asked me the other day. Oh, oh, he asked me if I'd ever won a league. I was like, dude, why are you asking me that? Anyway, what were you going to oh, say? I was going to say, I thought he asked you like the terrible wife question. Oh. <laughs> How many leagues are you in? Yeah. Like, they're all, uh, yeah, no, um, I don't know, a couple, a couple six, count on my hands, and your hands. <laughs> yeah, do, are you one of those people that knows how many leagues you're in, or do you have a ballpark estimate? I used to be in a ridiculous amount. There was a time where I was in like 50 plus leagues, um, and I realized I had a problem, and it wasn't that I didn't like it, but come. Tuesdays when I was setting up waivers mm -hmm. ain't nobody got time for that many waivers like if I could if I was smart enough to automate the system like I know there's like geniuses out there I'm not one of them uh but yeah. it just took too much time <laughs> so I think I'm in about 12 leagues right now that's a nice nice number you know you can think of that right off the top of your head so that's yeah. good <laughs> you can tell that's my lie so that's where I'm gonna <laughs> 12 so yeah 12 sounds perfect so are you in all different kinds of leagues or is there a particular type of league that you're only in or how does that work for you i'm in a bunch of different leagues um my favorite type of league is like a dynasty best ball where you draft the team you make all the moves but you don't set lineups. Uh, I love deep rosters. So like you give me a 35 man roster for like an offensive only league. And like, I'm in heaven. Uh, I also love IDP. IDP I think is one of the easiest, easiest ways to get an edge on your opponents uh, in a league. Um, it doesn't take a lot of research to be good at IDP. Or I should say, let me rephrase that. It doesn't take a lot of research to be better than most people at IDP. Uh, there you, go. <laughs> you can run up against some some of the sharks out sharks. there who just like tear you up in leagues. But uh, yeah, I love IDP. Um, and then I got into uh, one of Ryan McDowell's kitchen sink leagues, which is uh, last year is my first year. I still don't know what's going on. It's salary cap. It's all these different auctions and dollars. And I love it, but it scares the heck out of me. No, I get that. Oh, man. I've been in a league like that. Thanks, John Bosch. Not that kind of league, but one that made me go, um, I like this, but what? <laughs> yeah, John Bosch does that, doesn't he? Like oh, He does. He loves doing that, which is cool, which is cool. 
Yeah, his mind his is mind so is interesting. Just, yes, yeah. his mind is so interesting. And for these guys to come up with these rules and tweaks and you know move things around, it's it. Yeah, my brain could never do that. I'm like redraft dynasty sounds good to me. I know how to do that. But so, what is your favorite kind of league? Man, my favorite kind of league. I probably just like a basic like twelve team super flex dynasty league. Um, redraft's fun when you do it in person. Uh, I like it in general, but I really like it when it's in person. So <laughs> I, I really miss that. I miss, yeah, like, we used to have like three local leagues um, and we all had our live drafts and it was fantastic. And then like, you know, everybody, like two of the leagues died. The other league is like a father son league. That's in it's like 14th or 15th year now. Um, but all of our kids have moved away. So can't really have in-person drafts and, yeah, that's what I miss the most. And I'm hoping if I'm lucky enough to get back into Scott Fishbowl that I get to attend a live draft. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, about Scott Fishbowl and everything, because we're ta talking about planning for the live events right now. We're getting mm -hmm. all that stuff si situated. So, yeah, that's going to be exciting. Scott Fishbowl is such a important part to the fantasy football community. Again, if you don't know what it is. Have you been listening to this podcast? I swear. <laughs> yes, Scott Fishbowl, go there, go check it out, go sign up. But JJ, when you get invited to Scott Fishbowl, first of all, how many years have you played? Do you know? This uh, last year was my first awesome. year. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, it, it's such a great feeling that first year, especially because it's like, oh my goodness, this giant beast of a thing. I get to be a part of that. Wow. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so. How did you find out that you got in and how, what was the process like to get into the Scott Fishbowl? Um, I had applied off and on for a number of years. You know, I went through that phase of like being so disappointed. I didn't get in one year then I didn't apply the next year. And then I was like, well, I grew up and I stopped <laughs> being like a kid and I was like, well, I'll just keep trying. Um, and then my buddy, um, it was right in the beginning last year. And my buddy Drew Davenport like vouched for me. And I was like, oh, that was really nice of him. Yeah. And like the next morning I got the invite and I, I almost shit my pants. I was like, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I shouldn't. No, you can, you can. Uh, hey, by all means. <laughs> but I was just so over the moon excited. Yeah. Like it was fantastic. It was a great feeling. It is. And even getting them. I don't want to brag, but getting them year after year now, but that feeling is still there. You're still so excited to get that invite. And it's just great to have the community be able to come together like that too. So uh, you were, we did talk about the live drafts, which is going to be awesome. So hopefully mm -hmm. you do get to go to one of those. You were also at the fantasy football expo. I know that you've gone there and I know that our friend, Rachel, Tootsie Pop, yes, yes. That's she, my girl, uh, Expo Bestie. Yes. So, yeah, because when I was doing research, quote-unquote re research, what the internet tells me, yeah, her articles came up a lot when it had to do with the Expo and how you were basically so approachable. You know, you, you were like the one that was like, hey, you know, who are you and what's up and how is it going? So how was the Fantasy Football Expo experience for you? Well, I went... Um, I guess this year will be my fourth year. So I went to that first one right after COVID. Um, and I was so scared. 
I almost turned the car around a couple times. Uh, I'm, I deal with some mental health issues. I have a lot of anxiety and depression and, you know, all that crazy stuff. Um, and I, I just didn't think I belonged and I was so scared. And I just remember I, I showed up because what happened, Brian Drake, um, the great Brian Drake had put out a tweet saying that they needed an auctioneer for the King's classic. And in a moment of like hubris, I was like, I'll do it. <laughs> and then I'm driving to do it. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, and my buddy, I, I had kind of knew Drew Davenport a little bit before that. Uh, Cause I loved his podcast. So he gave me some advice, but I remember walking into that room for the first time. And I was like, Oh no, like Ryan McDowell was there and like Doug Orth and Gary Davenport. Um, who is Chris Allen, Lawrence Jackson. Um, like everybody was in that room. And I was like, Oh no, like I'm going to make an ass out of myself. This is going to be the end of it. And they were all so kind to me. They were so kind, so welcoming. I had great conversations and I think then that following year is when I met Rachel and it was the first day I had just checked into the hotel and I saw this woman walking and she looked a little lost. And I was like, man, I was lost last year. Why don't I say hello? Awesome. So I said hello to her. And then at the party, like, I was like, stick with me. Like I'll introduce you to people. Like I don't know, no people, but I, I'll walk up to people and say, you can talk to them. Like, I don't know, like help introduce Rachel around. And I'm so glad I did. Um, she was so warm and caring. And I, I think the community has finally like awoken over the past year to what she is to us. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was, it was just a really wonderful experience getting to know her and, you know, trying to help people out who are also anxious. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I really wish I had somebody there the first year to tell me, you know, like, Put the vodka down. You will regret that <laughs> tomorrow. Just because well, it's calming your nerves now doesn't mean. <laughs> so, I, I haven't gotten that lesson either. Uh, so okay, good, good, good. I'm not the only well, one. So at the expo, there's all kinds of events. And by the way, again, this sounds like another plug for the expo because it kind of is. So go check that out. But when you're there, there's all kinds of events. There's booths. There's panels going on. Did you yep. get to experience the whole entire thing that was going on all weekend? I did. I try to catch um, a few panels every year. Uh, this past year, I didn't catch as many as I wanted to. Um, but in the previous years, I caught a lot. Uh, I've done the cornhole tournament. Um, I try to sign up for anything I can. I've gone to the poker tournament. Again, I don't think I'm good enough to play in it, but I go and I support my buddy Drew who runs it and football guys who I love. Um, yeah, everything is so much fun. But it's all the little moments that are even more fun. Like last year, like the rainstorm. Mm -hmm. And everybody ran because it started to thunder and lightning. And you all ended up in these little pods yeah. of people. Like at <laughs> random bars. And I don't know. Like all of those memories are so beautiful to me. Like, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's a great event. It and is a great event. If you can go yeah i know not everybody can go but if you ever get the opportunity definitely yes definitely i know a bunch of people drive up they get you know four or five people in a car and just 
yep. go. So <laughs> I wish I could do that, but nah, not from Texas. We're not going to do that. Um, that's, so... <laughs> a long, that's a long haul. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're up in Pennsylvania, right? I am. I am. All so right. I live um, north of Philly, the Lehigh Valley area. Okay. Um, actually, uh, Hutchinson Brown. I live right by okay. Hutchinson. He actually okay. went to the middle school I teach. At. Oh, that's so, funny. That is that yeah. is a cool story. That's a cool story. And we bumped into each other at the first that first expo I went wow. to. Wow, that's that's cool. <laughs> that's yeah. so cool. And, it's so cool and, to see young kids like that really it is. into it fantasy is. football. It is. Uh, he's a great kid. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. It's nice being on this side of PA. It's not too far. I drive to the expo. Yeah. Okay. I can drive. I'm close enough to drive. And actually this year, speaking about what happens at the expo, two people who I didn't really know that well before last year, uh, Jody Smith and uh, Jameson Hutchinson. Um, like we just started hanging out last year, we became tight. And this year we're actually doing a pre-expo trip to Pittsburgh oh. to catch a baseball game together. Cool. Like, that's and really that's somebody dope. from Texas, somebody yeah. from Indiana. Like, I don't know. It, it really just brings people together. And you got to go. Yeah, it's really nice to see just like how people, you meet so many new people. You become friends with so many new people. You just, it's such a great experience. I don't know, summer camp, summer camp. It is. It's so fun. So you brought up being a teacher. Do you see a lot of fantasy football in your line of work? Do you see kids playing or talking about it, or is it a big thing? Um, I actually ran a fantasy football club for a number of years um, at Northeast, my middle school. That's where I teach. Uh, and it was great. Um, but then, unfortunately, Sleeper added in gambling. And mm. I can't put kids onto a gambling website. Like, yeah. ethically, oh. I can't. Uh, besides the fact that our all of our networks at school like banned those websites, yeah. they're blocked. <laughs> um, so this was the first year we didn't have a club, and I miss it a lot. Oh, um, but I still talk with all my kids, and it's funny. I um I bring in like all the leftover swag from the swag bag at the expo. Oh, that's cool. So I gave like a kid my fantasy uh, expo like little string bag, like the stickers, and they love it. They love all that stuff. That is awesome. See, I need to find some fantasy football loving teenagers to hand out stickers to. And now that sounds creepy, so I won't say it that does. Anymore. Be very, <laughs> be careful. very careful. Be very careful. So, okay. So the fantasy football club. I mean, rest in peace for now. But it's it's sounds like such an awesome thing. And I know that fantasy football wasn't really a big thing when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. And like to be able to have something like that would be cool. Cause I remember doing like, you know, stocks in the newspaper and stuff back in the day. And now to be able to bring in fantasy football, that's so cool. Do, do you have any stories that you can tell about maybe somebody drafting somebody or somebody talking about a player that they really uh, liked? I hope none of them are listening and take this <laughs> the wrong way. They're, they're all mostly terrible at fantasy football. Um, it's, it's amazing to me how often, I will have a student tell me some news and I'm like, wait, what? Who's getting traded where for what? And it's all like, it's not news. It's like some like third hand rumor account. Uh, so 
I've never seen anybody do a very good job drafting, but I did see like there have been play um, kids who have just drafted all from their own team, mm-hmm. like their favorite football team. And, you know, it's sweet like, it is. and it's not cutthroat. So we just help them. We would talk about waivers and who to get rid of. But it was a lot of fun. I, you know, even during the height of the pandemic, we kept it going and we would have like a Zoom call on Monday nights. And That's so it was cool. so much fun. Wow. You, you must be everybody's favorite teacher because that just sounds like so much fun. <laughs> yep. Maybe. Yep, yeah, maybe, we, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> I gave a, I had to give a test today, so oh, maybe not today. Well, maybe not today. We'll try again tomorrow. So putting out content is a big part of a lot of people's journeys, including you. You put out content. And how did you first get started even putting out fantasy football content? Um. So... I, I, it's hard to believe for me because I thought you might ask the question. So I was like, I wonder when I did do this, but I I answered a tweet um, for a website, Dynasty ER. They were looking for writers and you had to write a little article. They told you what it had to be about. So I wrote it, you know, I'm, I, I'm an English teacher by trade. I teach social studies now, but um, I'm an ELA guy to be like, my core so i love writing so wrote the article and joined dynasty er um and that was in 2018 so six years ago um unfortunately i i mean fortunately i was doing idp work a little bit of dynasty writing but mostly idp there and then they went dark as a lot of sites do you know uh issues between the guys who ran it and you know so Slowly but surely, everybody who was in the group chat left until there were three of us left. And the three of us were like, should we do something on our own? And we decided to launch a podcast, which was the Rider Dynasty podcast. Yeah. So that was fun. Yeah. Ish. (laughs) Fun-ish. Well, coming into podcasting, so... Had you done any of that kind of stuff before? Or was that your first intro into podcasting? No. When I was with Dynasty ER, they asked me to appear on a podcast. I, I did all the recording, and that was when they all disappeared. And in my head, I was like, oh, shit. I was so bad they closed the site. Like, <laughs> they were like, we're not doing this ever again because it's broke. Um, and I must have been terrible. Like I think back on that pod. And just how clunky and rehearsed I sounded. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It no, I've never done a pod before that. I'm still clunky and still trying to learn how to do it. So it's okay. But yeah, so going into it with no experience and then putting out a podcast with two other people and learning about that and how, how that flows. How did you start to get your groove? Um, You know, I just... I try to always remember to give actionable, like actionable advice. If you're going to say something, make it actionable and be specific. Um, I, th- I think you find a lot of people saying like you can trade for somebody, but not saying what pick you would trade. Like, you know, those vague trade target or sleepers, but then what is the definition of a sleeper? So when we went into Ryder Dynasty, we wanted to talk about the deeper dynasty players not your general that you would hit in the redraft, but somebody, something a little bit deeper. Uh, And I just tried to have fun with it. 
bring in like references and try to be a little bit funny. I fail most of the time, but I don't know. Just have fun. Like the whole concept is to be at like a bar, like pull, like the, the tagline for that. I finally fell in with Ryder dynasty is pull up a chair. It's time to talk some dynasty football. Like we're sitting around a table and you're just listening into a conversation. Yeah. I like those kind of podcasts a lot, especially when you can feel the connection between the hosts that they, you know, they're friends, they're talking and they're having a good time. And, and it's just a nice, comfortable environment. And when you first started, is there something that you really wish you would have known for people that are like have never podcasted before and are kind of afraid to get started or just don't know how? Man, all the legwork that has to go into a successful pod. I mean, you know that, Casey. It, as much as everybody thinks that you just turn on a camera and a microphone and you talk for 30 minutes, then you shut it off. Like that doesn't take into account all the planning, coming up with topics, uh, just even just strategically thinking of how you're going to approach every part of the topic. Uh, things like doing thumbnails, promoting, being in retweet groups, like it's all the other stuff that can bog you down. So if you were going to start a podcast, try to get in with a group who is doing podcasts and has people who can help you with all of that legwork. Because I feel like our first year, we were basically making recordings and throwing them into an ocean. Like, I don't know if, I don't know if anybody listened at all. And then you're like, oh, well, if I post it here, like, yeah, even though Reddit is a cesspool of hate and vile anger, but if you post something on Reddit, people will listen to it just to call you an asshole. Like they will listen in depth just so they can properly insult your takes, but they listen. Oh, so maybe I need to go check out Reddit <laughs> at I, my own discretion, right? Just at your own, right, at your own peril. But they really do. If you post something on Reddit, people will read it. Yeah, more than Twitter. That's the one thing with Twitter. Yeah, Twitter is a lot of. I see a lot of like retweeting people's stuff, but. And I do that. I, I retweet. Yeah, because you're so supporting people, and that makes sense, but. I don't know if the average person, <laughs> right? I don't know if the average fan is on Twitter. Twitter, yeah. Looking like, yeah. I don't think no. they are. I think it's all just us. Yeah, I think it's all just us. But and and the people that want to like come into this community, like you get on Twitter. Like I always say that on this podcast. So if yeah. you're not on Twitter or X or whatever you call it nowadays, I don't know. We do have a big community of fantasy football people over there, and it is mind-boggling to even think about how many people there are out there that I don't even know about because they're on different platforms and everything. I really need to get over this one platform thing I've got going on. <laughs> what are you going to do? Why do there have to be so many? I don't know. And I'm terrible at social media. I I find myself, uh, it's funny, like, as I get older, because I'm getting older, and I don't know how to talk normally on social media i don't know how to tweet something that sounds casual like i have this english teacher brain <laughs> so everything i type like it's grammatically correct and everything make like i and i try so hard and then i read back what i tweet 
And I'm like, I sound like a robot. So I don't know. It's weird. Like everybody else seems to do it really well. Oh. Well, you think that you think that everybody seems to do it. I mean, we're, you know, I say we're all of us that are on Twitter are probably the same exact way where we're like, man, because I'm so self-critical and I'll go back and look at stuff that I posted and I'm like, man, that's stupid. I'm going to delete that. Nobody's <laughs> liked it yet. I'm just going to delete that. <laughs> so yeah. Nothing like bad, bad, but you know, like stupid stuff or I've been drinking and I decided to go out there and tweet that this player, you should pick this player up. Like, don't do that. <laughs> and then it just sits there and you're like yeah. staring at it, doom scrolling, like refreshing yeah. Twitter to see if anybody liked or retweeted. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Or You ever have that moment? Yeah. Where you're like, this is a bomb tweet. This is going to be awesome. It's going to, this is the one that's going viral. I know it. And then <laughs> you're like, why is there like 100 views on this tweet? <laughs> no. And even like your best friend doesn't look at it. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. Man. Yeah. Swing and a miss. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Well, it's good to know that there's another world outside of Twitter. And hey, y'all. Casey Kasem here. I just started a fantasy football-inspired clothing shop called Sunday Dreamers Club. Check out sundaydreamersclub.com to find shirts that show your love for the great game of fantasy football. Listeners of the show are in luck. If you go to sundaydreamersclub.com and use the code GETREAL, you'll score 15% off your order. Please check it out because this is another way you can help out the show and me. As you know, I'm now trying to do this content creation thing full-time, so you checking this out really helps me out. Thanks, y'all like YouTube. I know everybody's on YouTube and not me. <laughs> I need to get with the program soon. Oh, uh, you don't post on YouTube? No, no. Why I'm, not? I don't know. I'm scared. Are you? <laughs> I don't know. Kind of. I'm, I have to get, I have to get better at this stuff though. Like I have to get better at it. Like I need to, like, I like talking on, on other people's YouTube channels. It's just like, I mean, and you have such a nice setup. I mean, if this is just an audio <laughs> pod, like everything here looks really beautiful. Like it's for the everybody background else's is great, podcast. the logo. Yeah, it's for everybody else. Oh. And it's for people to come in and just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to look my best for this podcast. <laughs> and, but YouTube is a whole nother thing. Like I was yeah. saying about like podcasts, like mm -hmm. knowing how you have to make your thumbnails for it. Yeah. Like there's a specific way or else you're not going to get any likes. Right. You're not going to get people to look at it. Like all the SEO stuff. Like now it's all the chapter stuff. You have to put in chapters and breaks. I'm like, well, who's going to do that? Yeah, that's what, that's, I think that's my biggest, uh, you know, hesitancy there is, oh man, I already know, like I already quit my job to like, <laughs> to do this. And now I, <laughs> man, how are you? Oh my God. My anxiety is so freaking high right now. I'm just like, so are, are you generally an anxious person? Yes, I have generalized anxiety disorder and my brain just doesn't want to shut off and I get sick. One and, of us. One of I, us. That's it. That's it. It's like so, uh, all day I've been just like feeling just antsy, just knowing I have things to do and just knowing yeah. like nobody's telling me like, you need to do this right now. You need to do this right now. You need to do this right now. You're spending too much time doing that. Like, <laughs> uh. so, so was it all the support of your wife that like gave you that yeah. impetus to make that jump? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, you know, I had hoped for a long time that like I would be able to spend more time 
putting out content, working on the podcast, doing things in the fantasy space that I enjoy doing, but nothing really seemed to be like a good time. And then we were, you know, we were just on vacation talking about it and talking about how like, it'd be nice if I could work remotely and, and be able to do this more. And we've been saving and planning everything out and getting everything adulty, you know? And so, so I, I, and my dad told me, he's like, when you first, like the first couple of weeks, you guys are going to just be like bickering and you're going to just feel all the anxiety. It's going to get better once it we're hoping it gets better. <laughs> oh. oh yeah. I, I can't even imagine like as somebody who deals with a lot of anxiety, like the guts it would take to walk away. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like that, that is too, so like... impressive. So what did you <laughs> ask what you did? Yeah. Um, I was a clerk, uh, at the courthouse. I did quality control where I basically just checked paperwork to make sure it was filed correctly and write down when it wasn't so that people would get in trouble. So that was a fun job, no, but it gave me time to listen to podcasts and do all that stuff. And now I'm like, man, I haven't listened to music in like a week. <laughs> hey, listen, civil service is very important. There is so much as a teacher of U.S. government and history, mm -hmm. like those types of jobs are necessary to make everything yeah. run. So yeah, good for you, though. Good for you stepping out and really saying you're going to make it work. I appreciate it. And you that. will. I have no doubt. Well, thank you. That's going to help me with, you know how it is when you have anxiety for somebody to tell you, to reassure you that everything's going to be okay. Everything is <laughs> going to be okay. This is a podcast about you, not me. So we're oh, going to talk back. Sorry, no, sorry. I'm, just I'm just kidding. I just always say that when I think that I'm just babbling, you know, I'm babbling. Oh, you're so. not babbling at all. This is so interesting. You are so interesting. <laughs> well, so are you. It's, it's funny that I've got, I've been talking to people lately who are like, you and I, we have a lot of the same stuff in, in the anxiety thing and everything. There's so many of us that have anxiety. I think that's why social media is a gift and a curse, but yep. it's a gift in I can just type something and I don't have to like have a conversation with a bunch of people at one time. <laughs> it's like an introvert's dream. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. It just depends on my mood, whether or not I'm going to be like super outgoing or I'm just like, dude, just don't, <laughs> I don't want to do <laughs> So yeah, the expo is a lot of fun like that, <laughs> but you it know, it, it, but I mean, it's, it's, t I'm saying that, but like, I really did have a blast. We're going back to that, but with anxiety and everything, it is kind of hard to, to get over your fears of putting out a podcast, you know, putting out a podcast is a lot and it's, it brings the anxiety on sometimes. Sometimes you're just like having a day and you just don't want to, you're just, uh, but how do you keep yourself grounded? You know, I think, you know, I mentioned before, like I'm getting older and you just start realizing certain things in your life. Like anxiety is not going away. That used to scare me to, I think it was when Robin Williams died and it hit me that like, here was a guy who I would, I thought had everything. And at his age, he was still going through the exact same crap I was going through. And at the time I looked at that made me so depressed. It made me think that there is no getting over this and that I'm just going to be this way for the rest of my life. And I think it was around then where I, I don't know, I just started journaling a little bit more and I, 
I just started to try to listen to what other people say and not what my brain says. Because I'm not sure why our brains, it, for people who have anxiety, I don't know why they're working against us. Mm -hmm. I tend to think it's just trying to protect us from what we think is going to hurt us. Yeah. Like if, if my brain tells me I'm terrible so many times that I don't even try, then I'll never get hurt by trying. And I just realized like that was just a defense mechanism because I, I think I can be really good at things and I am good at things. Like when it comes to teaching, I'm a good teacher. Like, I think I'm a great teacher. Um, I don't say that often and I hate saying things like that out loud because it sounds like boasting, but I'm good at what I do. And I found that all that anxiety was just dampening what I could actually be. And so that's sort of why, if we bring it full circle, why I came back into podcasting. Um, you know, with Rider Dynasty, I had launched a website. Uh, we had launched a website. I don't want to say I, there was a group of us. And hired like brought on writers and was managing that and it wasn't until like all my mental issues and everything crashed down upon me um and i was about to move rider dynasty over to idp guys like two years ago and i crashed i had imposter syndrome i i thought why would anybody listen to me like i'm nothing this is all ridiculous and I quit everything. And then I told my wife and she looked at me like, like I was crazy. And I was like, oh, I just did something bad. <laughs> and I realized like I had killed the thing I loved. And I sort of wallowed in that. And it was only because of like, you know, uh, Ricky Rodriguez and Nate cheat over at IDP guys. Um, Kept pushing me every like, hey, when are you going to come? When are you going to do something? Hey, you're welcome back anytime. My friend Gary Van Dyke, uh, the curmudgeon of IDP, uh, has always been a huge supporter of me and is like, no matter how many times I say no, he'll still ask me if I want to co-host his next pod. He'll always ask if I want to be on his next pod. And he never stopped. And I think when I finally... You know, Ricky had reached out and was like, hey, we just need you to do a little bit on mock drafts. Like, you're going to show up. It's going to be on the weekend. It won't interfere with any of your schoolwork. And then it was like, oh, this is what I missed. Which, of course, I think was their plan. But um, <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. Yeah, they're they're smart. They're really they're good smart. guys over there. I like, yeah, I like them a lot. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They're great. And yeah. that's the second week in a row that Gary's name's been brought up on this podcast. So that's pretty awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Gary's yeah. a great dude. Gary, you know, Gary has a hot temper and, but he is like a pit bull that loves you. And like, there has been many times where I've started an argument and before I can even say anything, like Gary's in front of me being like, what's up? Like, let's go. Like, I'm ready to fight. And I'm like, oh, okay, slow down, buddy. Like, <laughs> I got you. But man, having somebody like Gary in my corner, like, it's just meant the world to me. And I love the fact that he's older than me and loves phone calls. Because, like, nobody talks on the phone anymore. No. And whenever my phone rings, I'm either, like, it's either my mom trying to get me to talk to her or it's my buddy Gary. And I always <laughs> look down and it's Gary and I'm like, 
Come on. Okay. Let's have a phone call. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. I Plus with the anxiety thing, I get the phone. I'm not. No, we're not going to do that. Oh, I know. <laughs> but he doesn't care. He wants to talk on the phone. Oh, well, you know, that personal connection. That's 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 nice. That's nice. <laughs> so has anybody ever told you that your voice is really nice for podcasting and not that's not like one of those where you got a face for radio. But no, like you when you talk, it's very clear and and very, I don't know, soothing. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, who um, Chris Robin once said to me at an expo, we were in a crowd, and he was like, you're the only person who talks in person like they sound on a pod. So, yes, I have heard that. <laughs> um, it's like my teaching voice. So this is how I talk all day, but a lot louder. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I always take that as a compliment. I don't hear it. I can't listen to no. pods I'm on because it's like the most terrible thing in the world to me. Mm -hmm. But I do appreciate the compliment when I get it. That's awesome. That is awesome. So Ride or Dynasty, that's a fun name. How did you guys come up with that? I mean, it's, I mean, A plus primo stuff right there. Well, not to pat myself on the back. <laughs> um, I, I've been a long time uh, football guys subscriber. Like, I don't even know how many years I've been, they could tell you, I've been with football guys <laughs> for forever that, and like, I just ordered my uh, RSP for Matt Waldman, the rookie scouting portfolio, which I've been getting that for like well over a decade. Um, but on football guys, they had a message board and I was like, Oh, like I should go on the message board and you had to come up with a name. And I was like going through all these different puns because I'm a dad and that's what we do. I was like, ride or dynasty? I was like, I love it. <laughs> and then when we split away from Dynasty ER, when the three of us were launching a pod, I was like, I have this like user handle, ride or dynasty. And they're like, let's do it. And I don't know. It's sort of, um, it also then, nobody ever asked me about the name. Then it, it, it plays into my idea of that I love these players. Like they're my ride or dies. Like I, I can draft the worst player, but I mean, if Kiki Kuti could sit on my team for three years, it was a deep league, <laughs> but I couldn't quit it. Yeah. I know. So like, like they're my ride or die. So I don't no. know. It's I, sort of like my philosophy and my. That's, that's rad. I like it. <laughs> Kiki Kuti. Oh man. I, I, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. There's so many that you, when somebody brings their name up, you're like, Oh yeah, he did sit on my, you know, on my dynasty team for oh, way too long. Yeah, <laughs> should have tried yeah, just waiting. I had the chance. <laughs> just waiting, like uh, before your time, probably Rico Gathers was a big tight end for the Cowboys. Oh no, and... I know Rico Gathers. I met Rico Gathers, so no big deal. And it was like oh, I I could never cut him because I know he's... he was so big. And he it will was. be this next year. It's like Donald Parham right now. Oh like, my God. Yes. I love, see, that's my problem is I get <laughs> so in love with these guys and I'm like, I have so many why, tight ends in dynasty leagues where I don't need no. tight ends. It's not a tight end. Premium what league. if they become good? <laughs> okay. Okay. Like, like Darren Waller. Okay. Darren Waller was somebody that uh, I read about in the RSP, Matt Waldman's RSP. I was so excited to draft him. And then after three years, he did nothing. And he was like in rehab, he stank, yeah. he was yeah. traded, he was cut. 
So I got rid of him. And then he got good. Yeah. So in my mind, I said, if I only kept him on my roster for eight years. Yeah. Yeah. Just eight years. Just a little patience. <laughs> Isn't that what we all need in our lives? Somebody just to believe in us. Yeah. Boom. I mean, <laughs> no wonder I have so many guys on my that have FA next to their names. <laughs> like, oh, wow. I that's need a, to go in and, and that's the clear moment, my right? roster out, you know. <laughs> that's the moment when you have to cut somebody. Oh, and it's like sucks. Sucks yeah. so bad. You're like, you've been with me for so long. How can I just throw you? And it's me. Side? It's not you. It's me. It's only like, me. I, I just need to move on. <laughs> I just, <laughs> just can't wait any longer. I need to win. <laughs> Oh man. So, okay. What do you like to do in your free time? What do you, when you have free time, I know everybody likes to say they don't have free time, but I know that you probably do. So what do you like to do in your free time? Sure. Um, what do I do in my free time? So I serve in local government. Uh, I'm a, an elected council person for my little tiny town. Uh, so I do that, which is kind of fun and interesting to learn how government actually works. It's a little frightening. Um, I like to go to see concerts with my wife. We go to mostly like, uh, she's a deadhead. So God bless her. So we go to a <laughs> lot of like dead cover bands. Um, but we actually just, we're going to see Neil Young. Oh, wow. So like, wow. I am so excited because, you know, we both are like, classic rock and these guys are all at the point of their lives where i mean they're not going to be around much yeah longer. exactly and it's like i always wanted to see neil young like i got i saw jerry garcia with the dead before he died uh i saw um who did i just see willie nelson uh like a year ago i had to see willie before he died um, I mean, not, I'm not sorry. Not I shouldn't word. say that. Oh my gosh. What if the, <laughs> oh my word. Oh the my word. This comes out on, on Tuesday. And I'm like, sorry. I would quit. Oh, I would walk man. away again. Rightfully so. Yeah. If I killed Willie. Yeah. I'm gone. Knock on wood, big time. Yes. Knock, yeah, knock. I'm knocking. But anyway, <laughs> so we, I like to go see shows. Um, yeah. Just listen to music. I don't yeah. do a lot. I have kids. My kids are old. My kids are uh, 27 going to be 28 i have twins oh wow uh, they live up in worcester massachusetts oh okay. um, so we were just up there this weekend um they have dogs our little grand pups which i love more than anything in the world uh so we i spend a lot of time either traveling up there or them coming down here uh, yeah that's most that's of my free time well yeah my dad comes and watches our dogs when we go out of the I, God, I sound so like that. When we travel, um, my dad comes and watches the dogs. And he lives in Pennsylvania, actually. So it's cheaper to fly him here than to board them. Because... I, I would believe that. boarding, <laughs> And boarding, like, unless you find yes. like, a great place. Yeah, we haven't. We we thought we did. And then we were finding out that they weren't doing the all-day play. And then it's like, what are we paying you for? And also, they're in this little tiny room. So, no. They're more comfortable at home. So, yeah. So, my dad will come watch him. And he's, oh, the granddad. You know, the, those are my grandpups and all that stuff. Yep. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. Okay. And I'm waiting for my sister to go ahead and just have a baby so that I can just <laughs> hang out with the dogs. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, you guys are, you know, the next time I go visit my dad, maybe I'll have to, like. Which yeah. side of PA does he live on? He's, oh, Jesus. He's. Close, he's close to Lancaster. 
Oh, uh, so the middle. The middle, middle yeah. Ish. Yeah, because we went to Philadelphia a couple of years back and drove to his house and drove back. So no big deal. <laughs> awesome, though. So it hasn't been snowy and how's the weather? It has been. <laughs> we, uh, we got a foot of snow and we hadn't had a foot of snow in years. Um, but yeah, we got a foot of snow last week. Got to miss a day of school. Oh, wow. Wow, Rock they always on. say that never happens. <laughs> oh, no, it, it it happens every once in a while. Um, but that was nice. We got some snow and we got another storm while we were up in Massachusetts. We came home to the, they had gotten six inches back home. So, wow. It's kind of pretty outside. I like snow. I like snow too. We were in uh, Canada last weekend, the weekend before. And uh, yeah, I was like, snow, what? Like, what? To actually see and to see it in the people's yards and how they had to like shovel it and all that stuff. And I was, it was, it's a crazy world going from here to. So have you there. always like been a Southern girl? Yeah. I've been in Texas my whole life. So we get uh, like ice storms and we'll get snow every now and then, but like, it's just crazy to see that much snow. And my dad will tell me about it in Pennsylvania and uh, go out there and shovel it and do this. And when his <laughs> mom was alive, having to go and shovel, you know, and do all that. <laughs> I don't, Aww. yeah, but like that's heat here and the mowing the yards, that's that's not great either. So <laughs> I know. Yeah, I couldn't live in, because you guys get tornadoes and like thunderstorms. Yeah, yeah we do. Um, you know, when the sirens go off now, it's kind of just like whatever. <laughs> no, no, it's not that bad. Like I've never actually seen a tornado or had one come around here, but there have been plenty that are in the area. So it's just. Yeah, I'd be so, so scared. Like we don't I mean, every once in a while we hear of one in PA, but yeah. we don't really get tornadoes or any natural disasters, which is kind of nice. Yeah, that is nice. We had a we had a friend come in from England and she didn't know that they put the sirens on when there's a tornado. She doesn't you, you know, she was like, what is happening? And she was at the house by herself and so she didn't know like what am i supposed to do get in the bathtub <laughs> what do i do <laughs> like uh, do they not have tornadoes in england i have no idea i don't I know maybe not maybe I their guess sirens they're... sound different <laughs> yeah. probably probably sound a lot smarter than ours yeah probably That's <laughs> so okay what is something that you look forward to i know with the podcast and everything coming to idp plus idp guys idp plus what are you looking forward to with putting out new episodes of that? Well, I will say something I'm outside of the Rider Dynasty podcast. I'm working on a project uh, for Fighting Chance with Doug Orth, my buddy. Um, and I'm so excited because I was trying to convince him to do a podcast for years and then I stopped doing a podcast. But I always... Every time I would see him or talk to him, I'm always like, you should be on a podcast because Doug Orth is just so yeah, smart. He is. I, I, I love listening to Doug talk. I love having conversations with him. So we're actually going to talk tomorrow night and start planning what we're going to do. And we're not sure if it's going to be like a series, uh, sort of like what Drew Davenport does with the auction brief, or if it's just going to be like a, just a podcast that goes on, but. I'm really excited to work with Doug. Very excited. But as far as what I'm doing with Ryder Dynasty, I'm working with this guy, uh, Joseph Harlow, who is brilliant. Uh, the first few mock drafts I did, like 
you can just sort of tell when somebody starts talking and you're like, oh, okay. I, yeah. you know, I get it. And he was just so knowledgeable uh, and he was able to convey what he was thinking so clearly that when I found out he was looking to do some rookie pods, I was like, yeah, I'll do that. Like, <laughs> I can do that with him. So I'm really looking forward to, I don't know, just getting into that creative process again. You know, the storyboarding and putting together the pod and the organization and the show sheet and, you know, all that stuff. I'm, I'm looking forward to just getting those juices stirring again. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. And you're right, Doug is great. And to have both of you guys together and with Fighting Chance, my first home, Fighting Chance, great people. So that's awesome to see as well. Uh, okay, what about like football watching with JJ? How does that go if you... You sit down and watch football. How is it? Or do you not yeah. watch football? I I I don't like the Red Zone channel. I like just to watch a game. Uh, I, I think that the Red Zone channel is breaking our idea of what it is to watch football because it's just too, too instantaneous. And I think then when we all sit down and watch one long game like the Super Bowl and people are complaining at how boring it is. Well, that's because you don't watch football. Like you watch like little short <laughs> snippets on the Red Zone channel. Uh, and I can't watch the Jets. I do, but my wife always points out, well, she doesn't have to point out. I curse and scream and throw things. I mean, this year was a bad year to be a Jets fan. Every year is a bad year to be a Jets fan. <laughs> uh, so I'm much better off like watching another team. Like one of my like secondary teams. Gotcha. Who I, yeah. Do you like to watch specific players too? Do you have like favorites on teams or? Yeah. I mean, I I really like the Chiefs. I Andy Reid was like a local person because of the Eagles. Uh, right near us is Lehigh. So when the Eagles used to have their training camp at Lehigh, like Andy Reid was really popular for being around here. So when he went over there. I was very excited uh, to see him land in Kansas City. I love Patrick Mahomes. I just think he's such a he's a great story. I and I think people always think that Pat Patrick Mahomes like grew up a certain way because his dad was a baseball player, but he didn't really. Like he didn't grow up in affluence. He he struggled a lot. And I I don't know. I really like his story. And outside of that terrible reaction he had to the Bills game. Like he generally does, like you don't hear a lot of bad stuff about him. Yeah, it's true. So I don't know. I like guys like that. Does do your twins are they interested in fantasy football, or is that not something that runs in the family? Uh, my son is in a dynasty league with me, and of course, the father son league. That I think we are one of the two remaining father son teams still around. Awesome. Uh, I mean, we're not a team. We always try to beat each other. Yeah. He's actually, <laughs> you know, the thing with my son, my son was really good at fantasy football and now he's a data scientist. And I tell him to come up with an algorithm that can help me win more and then he can be rich and he won't do it. <laughs> and I don't know if that's because I beat him in fantasy football. He doesn't want to help me, but I really wish he would use his brains to help me win something like fantasy football. Yeah, come on. Come on. 
Do I it. helped pay for it's college. Your dad. On, yeah. right? <laughs> it's your dad. You wouldn't be here without your dad. Okay. Okay. So I just want to talk just a little bit more about the putting out content side of your journey. And for people who are brand new to this space and they're trying to get their foot in the door, I know like Rachel's now putting out content and doing that kind of stuff. What kind of advice do you have for these people that want to put out content? I would say the best piece of advice is not to overcommit. I find that people will start writing an article for one place. They'll do a good job. And then like four other people will ask them. And all of a sudden they're trying to write different articles for different sites. And that can be draining. Yeah. It drains like somebody like uh, uh, Gary Davenport. I love Gary. Gary writes so many articles every week. I don't know how he can possibly still be original. Like that takes such <laughs> such yeah, dedication that's... and people just just start. Just start write a weekly article, set a schedule. This is when I'm going to do my research. This is when I'm going to write. This is when I'm going to edit and this is when I'm going to submit. And get into that rhythm. And then once you establish that rhythm and last a season, because we all know, like you get towards the end of the football season and people are like, I don't want to write another word about sleeper tight ends to start this week. Like, I don't give a shit anymore. And avoid the burnout. Like, see if you can do it for an entire year, like season, then start picking up more Mm -hmm. It's good advice. Yeah. I know I said yes to like every podcast when I was first starting out and it was like, I don't have time to do that. My wife hates it, you know, Mm -hmm. and I hate it because, oh, I'm sorry, I can't eat dinner till 830 and then all this other stuff. And it's like, okay, now you got to be more, I just don't like saying no, you know, I feel bad about it and all that fun stuff that comes. Well, that's the anxiety portion of it. You don't want to let other people down. So you say yes to everything. I I've had to learn, listen, Age is a wonderful thing. Your body stops working, yeah. but you learn the power of no. Yeah, I'm, I'm so And <laughs> knows a complete sentence. It's yeah. a complete sentence. So if somebody asks you to do something and you don't want to do it, no. No. You don't have to give them a reason. You don't have to come up with an excuse. You don't have to feel bad. You can just say no and move on with your life. And nobody's hurt. But God, does it feel like you're hurting somebody when you say no to an opportunity? Yeah. And it makes me think also like, because then you start going and like catastrophizing things like, Mm -hmm. hey, if I said no, they're never going to ask me to come back on. And then nobody's going to want me to come back on. If I don't do these podcasts, nobody's going to see my stuff. No, like calm down. Look at it from a different angle. You don't have to be on everything. And there's plenty of time to be on somebody's podcast. You don't have to be on it right now if you don't want to. <laughs> I got to tell myself that. I think I do this podcast just that, because I don't go to therapy every week. So I need somebody <laughs> to, to kind of talk to. <laughs> oh, man. This whole entire, it's been so great getting to just talk with you and, and get to know you. And like, I really need to like really have a chat with you at the expo and just kind of 
let's you do know, it. It's just so hard to like, oh my God, it's like a million people and you turn around and you'll be like, I'll be right there. And then you forget. And then... <laughs> <laughs> okay, JJ. So is there anything you want the listeners to know, like what you got coming up, where they can find you and all of that fun stuff? You know, make sure you're following uh, IDP guys on uh, Twitter X. Make sure you're subscribed to their YouTube channel. You can watch the Mock Draft Mondays. Um, the Rider Dynasty podcast, like I said, is going to be launching a week from this. Uh, it'll be launching on the 29th uh, of February. And keep your eyes open. You can follow me um, at JJ Wenner for whatever I'm going to be doing with my buddy Doug. And see my 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 grammatically correct but horribly boring tweets no, no i mean they're going to be grammatically correct they won't be boring come on now so okay thank you again for coming on and i'm so excited to see what you and dave dave i just call him dave <laughs> doug that's my dad's name i should know these things okay you and doug who's dave we don't know i guess we'll find out anyway maybe dave's gonna come on the pod maybe hey hey all right. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, I'm going uh, a little crazy here. So, uh, JJ, thank you again for joining the show. And everyone out there, thank you for listening. And make sure you come back next week for another episode of Get Real with Casey Kasem. And remember to stay rad. Get real. Time to get real, everybody.